Good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done. And we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Christ Jesus. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Keep your household, the church, in continual godliness and set us free from all adversities, that under your protection we may serve you with true devotion and holy deeds. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. First lesson is from Deuteronomy chapter 10. God just has a big heart, and he loves people. He doesn't leave anybody out of the great care and compassion that he has for them. 
the alien, the fatherless, and the widow, they're included too. And with his love, he shapes our love and response for him, that we would serve him and God's people lovingly as well. We read, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good? To the Lord your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations, as it is today. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. He is the one you praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. Your ancestors who went down into Egypt were 70 in all. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. The word of the Lord. Sing our psalm for the day.
second lesson this morning from 1 John chapter 2. If this love is going to show in us and through us the love that comes from God, it means nothing else should be the object of our affection. Nothing else should be put on the same plane as God. We read, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The word of the Lord. Please stand. based on this section of scripture from Luke 18. A certain ruler asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn.
In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, whom you mean the world to, dear brothers and sisters in him. Last Sunday was about persistence in prayer. And the Sunday before that, Noah walked off the ark and gave thanks to the Lord for a safe trip and gave himself in thankful, wholehearted service to the Lord for the rest of his life. The Sunday before that in church, we looked at faithful, obedient service and what that looks like for the Christian. And the Sunday before that, we looked at idols in the heart, things that can rob us from God and how we want to eradicate all of those things from, from our life. Good. So we've been growing in those things. We've been growing in discipleship. We've been growing in Christianity. Right? We're better servants today than we were four weeks ago. We're praying more persistently. We're giving thanks to God with our whole life and not compartmentalizing. We're better, more dutiful, faithful servants than we were just a month ago, and we're working hard to get rid of any pretenders to the throne. Isn't that the point of having a religion? Isn't that the point of Christianity? Isn't that the point of coming and and hearing from God's word? That, That we want to grow in faith, in the teachings of God, and practicing these things? Because if the opposite is true, well, then we're just hypocrites and self-condemned, right? If we don't desire these things? The man in our lesson from Luke chapter 18, boy, did he ever take his Judaistic religion seriously. He's called a rich young ruler. So he's young, and biblically that could put him anywhere from the range of 25 to 40 years old. He is a ruler, and while it could mean a number of things, it looks like the best way to understand that is that he's the ruler of a synagogue. And so already at a young age, this man has progressed in life and there were tests along the way. You had to know your Old Testament very, very well and and have your life together and, and love the Lord very, very outwardly and dedicatedly to become the leader of a synagogue. Boy, did this man take his religion seriously. And he wasn't done. He didn't let that be a plateau point of his life either. Here he is coming before Jesus asking a question because he wants to take it deeper. And he's trying to obey the Ten Commandments and he's trying to live a life outwardly that is honor, that honors and is worthy of his God. Boy, that says something. And it says something too that the Holy Spirit recorded this text and had this placed in the scriptures so that it could be set before you. Boy, that says something too. God himself wants you to consider this man's piety, this man's devotion, this man's outward religious life, this man's dedication to the Lord and the reverence he has for the scriptures. So... This is what he says when he comes to Jesus and asks a question. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. Now, now, 
there are some people who sell Jesus out at this point. There are some interpreters who say Jesus himself is saying here that he isn't God. And that's just plain absurd. Jesus isn't saying that at all in the context. But what's equally absurd is the way this rich young ruler approaches Jesus and asks his question. There's a little play on words with the term good, and that comes across kind of poorly in English. Good teacher. He's looking at Jesus as if he's just some good guy. He's he's looking at Jesus as if he's kind of a tremendous teacher. He's giving him tremendous respect, but he's not approaching him as if he's looking for saving faith. It's as if he looks at Jesus as some guru who's kind of got spirituality figured out in a deeper way than he had figured out from learning the Old Testament. And so he's just looking for a little bit of life guidance from Jesus. And he's not approaching Jesus as if Jesus is the answer and his good God, the one that he truly needs. I mean, even the way he frames his question betrays where his confidence is. Good teacher, what must I do? There's something that I still need to do. There's something out there because I haven't reached the point that you have. What am I lacking? What is that one thing? Just help me figure this out so that I can accomplish it. And so what he's done is he's turned religion into a checklist. Pray persistently. Check. Live a thankful outward life. Check. Serve dutifully and faithfully. I'm taking care of the synagogue. Check. Get rid of and eradicate idols from life. Check. Outwardly obey the commandments. Check, 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 check. It's one big massive checklist. And he offers that full accomplishment of a checklist right back to Jesus. And he says, all of these I have kept since I was a little boy. And mind you, he's being sincere. He means it. He really thinks he's done all of this stuff and he still thinks he's missing out. And so Jesus, looking at this man and in perfect love for this man and care for him, gift wraps the perfect answer to this rich young ruler and he says, okay, sell it all. (laughs) Give it all away. Take all your wealth, pack it up, hand it over. You're going to have treasure in heaven, my friend, and then come follow me. Giving away your money in and of itself will never earn you heaven. And Jesus knew that in context. But what Jesus saw was something this man failed to see. There was this big, awful, gaudy idol sitting right in the middle of this man's heart, and he had completely overlooked it. And Jesus exposed where his love really was. He loved his money. And he was missing the great big answer for eternal life standing right in front of him. And he walked away. So this religious, reverent guy who seemed to have it all together walked away with nothing. He walked away sad with no salvation whatsoever. And you will too today. 
if you don't figure out how to thread the needle, in looking at this man's response and how he coveted his wealth and how he loved that portion of the world, Jesus really to this man's face said the following as well as in front of his disciples. He said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. How? <laughs> how can something three or four times bigger than a person? I, I'll get to ride a camel when I go to Israel, January 10th to 19th on my trip. Uh, there's a part of the trip where you get to do this. A uh, camel's a massive creature. How can something three, four, five times bigger than a human being fit through the eye of a needle? Something so impossibly tiny, and then the comparison he uses, then for a rich man to go through that little tiny gate into eternal life? Both are impossible. How in the world is it easier for one impossibility than for another impossibility? Both are tough. And he sets that before this rich young ruler as that man is heading away. And mind you, the context is this man was trying to do it. This man was trying to do the impossible. And, and he was devoted and he was always going to come up short. And if this man who is so devoted, so religious, so pious, was going to come up short and be sad, what does that say for you? Are you trying as hard as that man was trying? Do you take your Christianity as sincerely as others take their false religions? Are you as devoted as some other people who have idols in their life? Are you as devoted to the one true God? Do you love the Lord the way God wants you and desires you to? Well, I know what Christians have often said to me at this point. There's an easy answer, all too easy for Christians to respond with, and that is, well, pastor, I'm not rich. This section of scripture doesn't apply to me. Jesus is only talking to rich people here, and he's not talking, there are way more rich people in the world, and I wish we had time for sermons of 40 to 50 to 60 minutes because I could tell you anecdote after anecdote about from an earthly perspective even how wealthy every single person in this room really is even comparatively around the world but the one who really proves the point is God God knows how wealthy each and every person in this room is because he's the one who's given it to us Are you taking your religion so seriously that you know and have an answer for how to fit this rich person or that rich person through that tiny little hole to get into eternal life? Is your religious life a perfect fit that it's going to be able to squeeze through? Boy, it kind of sends shivers down the spine a little bit, doesn't it? Are you going to be able to make it? Because even the disciples were afraid they weren't going to make it. Even the disciples in the context got very, very scared. They even responded to Jesus' teaching, well, who then, Lord, is going to make it? Who is going to be saved? Well, why would they think that? They had left 
family, not in a negative way, they just left to follow Jesus. They still had their families and their kids if they did, but they sacrificed. Many of those disciples left their jobs, they left their fishing nets on shore, and they went and followed Jesus. So they left family, they left their jobs, they left their relatives, they sacrificed, and here they went full-time into discipleship, and even they were afraid they weren't going to make it. Well, why? Why would the disciples who left everything be afraid? Because even in their poverty, they still saw themselves as rich. They didn't sit there in their poverty and say, well, this teaching doesn't apply to us because other people are richer. Even the disciples were afraid they weren't going to make it. And so what Jesus does as they were stewing on this and afraid, Jesus turns their direction spiritually back to the answer. And he says, look, you guys, what is impossible with man is possible with God. It's one of the neat passages of the Bible. What is impossible with man is possible with God, which means there is no human solution for you to do in order to inherit eternal life. There is no human accomplishment or feat for you to do in order to inherit eternal life. There is nothing as an obligation that you must accomplish to get through that little gap, tiny as it is, to get into eternal life. I can't get a camel through. I can't even get this rich person through. Neither can you. The theme for today's sermon is thread the needle. And when I crafted that and came up with it, in no way was I looking at you when I thought about that. Nor was I looking at myself. I wasn't saying, you congregants, you are to thread the needle to figure out how to get to heaven. No! The whole purpose of the theme was that we as God's repentant people would look to God. This is the repentant plea of God's people to say, Lord, Lord, you thread the needle because you're the only one who can. What is impossible with man is possible with God because God himself is the only one who can do the impossible. Isn't that what God proved when a virgin named Mary became pregnant with the miracle son? God did the impossible. Isn't that what God proved when he took his incredible eternal son and wrapped him in flesh and gave him to this world? Isn't that what God proved when he showed us Jesus who lived a holy life and he arranged all of time and eternity so that everything would be perfectly arranged for Jesus to go to that cross and be the substitute for every single sinner. Isn't that what God proved powerfully when, that temp when the curtain at the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, indicating no separation on Good Friday now between sinners and their holy God? Isn't that what God proved when he took that first fruit, Jesus Christ, from the grave and raised him up for the world to see that even death couldn't stop him? Hasn't God thread the needle for sinners? Hasn't God done the impossible? What a good God we have! 
What a good God who is completely for sinners in every way that he is the only one you need that he lavishes and provides salvation for free in the person and work of Jesus Christ for each and every sinner and he makes you rich so that as you come to the house of the Lord and you come with your sins and your struggles and maybe even your doubts and you say, just like this rich man, Lord, I want to ask you again, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? God's answer is nothing. Wait a minute, Lord, I, I don't know if I heard you right. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Nothing. Because in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, everything has been done. Everything has been done to forgive you all of your sin. Everything has been done to earn that life that is the perfect life to get through that little gap into heaven. And His name is Jesus Christ and God gifts it to you for free through faith. It's completely yours as a gift from your holy God who loves you. And when you see that heart from God and when you see it revealed in Jesus Christ, do you know what it does? It leads Christians to pray persistently and to give thanks every day as we walk out of our house into the world. And it leads us to want to serve obediently and faithfully. It leads us to want to address this, this heart every day and get rid of idols that really don't belong there because they still try to creep back in. It leads us to come to voters' meetings and to participate in the congregational life. It leads people here to wash windows, as some, as some did yesterday. It leads in the altar guild crew to prep the Lord's Supper to serve the body of believers. It leads people to volunteer for a hot lunch. And there are a host of other ways. It leads God's people to sacrifice to give offerings and to give generously as the Bible describes one group even beyond their ability because even today it's still better to give than to receive. God holds before you the impossibility that he does it. And so it's our prayer, Lord, thread the needle and bring these people safely through to heaven. We trust you will do it because, Lord, we know you're good. Amen. Please stand. We join together in confessing our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. <clears throat> Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. The Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. One holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, the life of the world to come. Heavenly Father, your promise to bless marriage stands. Eric and Kathleen Eickhoff praise you for your loving kindness to them as they celebrate tomorrow 30 years of marriage. As they ponder their pictures and retell stories and look at all the years of blessings and changes, the one thing on every page that hasn't changed is you. And as you have, renew their love daily by your own and prosper their marriage. Glenn Mueller's brother, Carl, recently passed from this world to you. Lord, please help Glenn and his wife, Darcy, and all who mourn in this hour. Reassure them of your power on Easter, that you will raise our very bodies. And even now, in your teaching, your people are safe with you. Lastly, our sister, Deanne Schaefer, just went through experimental procedure and is under strict observation while recovering. Lord, while these types of things, they're not new to her in life, but they are not easy for her or her family. Lord, please grant her health. Give her strength and her body ability to heal. We trust the power you have over death, Lord, but please help our loved one in her life. Lastly, watch over the teachers that we've called, Amanda Offsey and Kelly Heldman, while they deliberate service in your kingdom. And Lord, bless all your people as we take your religion seriously and practice it. It's in your name we pray as we now join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always.
please be seated for the distribution.